coming up on The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. What will be possible for the rest of your life? I say this to you. It just depends on if you will partner with God and believe he's with you. Anything God has called you to do is possible if you do it with God. You don't have to be perfect. And I, one of the things I love about God is he, he loves messed up people. And because of the blood of Jesus, we just don't have to have it all together. Isn't that good news? Moses didn't know God at all when he met him. And we're going to read the story here in just a minute of God's introduction of himself to Moses. They didn't have a Bible. Imagine, imagine living in a time, the children of Israel didn't have a Bible. They've been for 40, 430 years in Egypt. Joseph was long dead. They had no Bible. They had no church. They had no pastor. They had no priest. They had no synagogue. All they had was a verbal record of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph and the interactions that God had had with them hundreds of years before. They had no interaction with God. They did not know God at all. And Moses did not know God at all. So all we're talking about is understanding the nature of God and understanding what he's trying to do in our lives and looking at the life of Moses and the children of Israel for that. Let's look at Exodus chapter three. God has an answer for every single problem in our lives. And it's the same answer every time. Because God only needs one answer because it's the perfect answer. In Exodus chapter 3, this is the story of when God calls Moses out of the wilderness to go deliver Israel out of Egypt. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Listen, the angel of the Lord is Jesus. Jesus has always existed and Jesus is in Genesis Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Jesus is all over the Old Testament because Jesus always was and he was always interacting with mankind. The angel of the Lord is the one, Jesus is the one appearing to Moses in the burning bush. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was surely afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cries because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, we're going to continue reading just a minute. Now, Moses, God came to Moses in the midst of a burning bush. And the burning bush is very significant. And I'll talk about that more in just a minute. Moses rejects the call of God on his life. God comes to Moses and says, I've chosen you to go and deliver 
my people who are being oppressed. As far as Moses knows, it's a death sentence. Moses fled from Egypt to save his life. Pharaoh's trying to kill him. And so God's trying to send him back to where he knows the death sentence is awaiting him. And so Moses begins to push back. But here's the significance of the burning bush. See, God was revealing himself to Moses. This is God 101. This is the nature of God 101. And God could have appeared to Moses in any way that he wanted, and he did. But the burning bush, here's why the burning bush is significant. Number one, it's supernatural. Immediately when he saw this bush that was burning but not being consumed, he knew this was not just a natural thing. This was, and our God is a supernatural God. Number two is light giving. The bush was giving light. He looked and he saw the light coming from the bush. The only thing Moses knew were the dark, demonic, satanic gods of Egypt that were all dark and murderous and torturous. And now he is seeing a God that actually produces light and not darkness. Number three, pure. Uh, fire is pure. And God said, take the sandals off your feet because the place you're standing is holy ground and our God is a holy God. Powerful. God was able to put a fire in a bush and the bush not be concerned. And our God can do what no one else can do. And he was demonstrating his supernatural power in that bush approachable. Our God is approachable. Moses saw the bush and turned and went to it. God could just as easily have appeared to Moses in a burning mountain that would have scared him to death. But God doesn't want us to run away. He wants us to come to him. He's an approachable God. We can come before the throne of grace. Moses, with all of his imperfections, God wanted him to approach. Relational. Jesus appeared to Moses in the bush and Moses turned away. He said, I can't look upon God. And Jesus began to speak to him from the midst of the burning bush. And natural, God comes to us in a bush. It wasn't a burning unicorn. It wasn't a burning, you know, something weird. It was a, a bush. The God interacts with us in the most natural things in our lives. So the burning bush is a significant symbol of the nature of God to Moses and to all of us. But then Moses begins to push back. And he gives five negative responses to God's call on his life, and God gives the same answer to Moses every time he pushes back and rejects the call. And this is very significant to all of us because we're all, we're all the same way. I'm the same way. In Exodus 3.11, where this is picking up where we just left off, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And this is just self-doubt, you know, fear of failure, low self-esteem, whatever you want to call it. And, and Moses is just saying, I, I can't do this thing. And God gives him an answer in verse 12, and here's what God says to Moses in verse 12. I will certainly be with you. This, this is God's answer, okay? Moses said, God, I can't do this. And God's answer to Moses was, I promise I'll be with you. I'm, I'm going with you. I'm not sending you alone, son. I'm going with you. Didn't help Moses at all. So then Moses comes back to God. Exodus 3.13, Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel, and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Okay. God's response. Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. The I am is the transcendent name of God. I am means I'm with you right now, and I transcend all the circumstances in your life. Egypt had many gods. The God of the sun, the God of the Nile, the God of the crops, the Pharaoh was a God. They had many gods, but Israel only needed one God. Our God is not the God of I was or I will be. He is the God of I am right now. 
And he's not the God of the sun, the God of the water, the God of the earth, the God of the flies, the God of the butterflies. He's the God of everything you see, feel, or sense, and everything you can't see, feel, or sense. He is the God of I am. And here's God's answer. Moses says to him, who am I that I should go? I'll be with you. What's your name? I'm with you. That's my name. I am. Hebrews 11, 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. For whoever believes in God, whoever comes to God must believe that he is. What does that mean? He's with me right now. And he's bigger than my circumstances, bigger than my giants, bigger than my mountains. The essence of faith is believing in the presence of God. That's the essence of faith. He, it's not that he will be with me or he was with me. He's with me right now. Okay. Doesn't help Moses at all. God says, my name is I am, and I want you to tell my people I'm with them. I'm with them. I'm with you, Moses, and I'm with them. Blows right past it. Exodus 4.1. Third time, Moses comes back. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. This is fear of the future. The first one was the fear of failure, self-doubt. The second one was the fear of man. What, what are people going to say? You ever thought that? What are people going to say? This is fear of the future. The what ifs. L listen, Moses uses the word suppose to God twice. In his comeback here, suppose they don't believe me. Suppose. Listen, you can only suppose if you don't know. You come to me three months ago and you say, Jimmy, suppose that the Dallas Cowboys lose the division in the last game of the season, I say to you, it's impossible. I know. I just know they won't. I wouldn't say that, but I can only suppose it because I don't know it. God can't suppose because he knows everything. God can't think. You can only think to try to find something out. You can only think to try to process information. When you're talking to God, you're talking to the God who knows everything in your future, every one in your future, every second in your future, and he's thought it all out. And see, basically what Moses is saying to God is, have you thought this thing through? And here's what Mo God didn't say. You know, you're a little smarter than I thought you were, Moses. And evidently, you kind of thought this thing through better than I have. So I haven't thought about if they wouldn't believe you, let me get back with you, Moses. Let me think that thing through and let me get back with you. That's not what God does. He's patronized. See, we patronize the Lord. We think the Holy Spirit doesn't understand algebra. We think that God doesn't understand quantum physics. We think that God doesn't understand medicine and science. We think that God doesn't understand the economy. He is the ultimate genius of every subject and he will never be caught at a moment in time when he's unprepared. And when we walk with him, we walk prepared with the one who's the genius of every subject we will ever encounter. But we must, we must in our humanity patronize God as if he doesn't know and he doesn't care. And he comes to call Moses to something so special just like he does all of us. He's not trying to put Moses down. He's not trying to curse him. He's trying to bless him. And the constant mistrust, the constant suspicion, the constant patronizing of. Have you thought this thing? Suppose, God. And God comes back when Moses says that, and here's God's response. 
Exodus 4, 2. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it by the tail and became a rod in his hand. Now from that point forward, God graphically explains to Moses, I'm gonna be with you in that rod. And if you've read Exodus or you've seen the movie, The Ten Commandments, you know, with Charlton Heston and all that stuff, the rod was what Moses used to strike the Nile and to strike the land and to reach up to the sky to create darkness. That rod became the instrument through which God delivered the children of Israel ultimately out of the land. And so here's what God says. Moses says to him, what if the people don't believe me? Suppose the people don't believe me. And here's God's answer. I'm gonna be in that stick. I'm gonna be with you in that stick. Wherever you go, Moses, I'm with you. I'm with the people of Israel and I'm gonna be with you in that stick. That's God's answer. Okay, I'm still gonna be with you. Doesn't help Moses at all. Then Moses comes back the fourth time, Exodus 4.10. Moses said to the Lord, Lord, I'm not an eloquent man, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. This is his fourth pushback on God. And it's, it's an accusation against God. And here's the accusation. Well, if you wanted me to deliver Israel, you should have made me a better talker. Because there's gonna be some serious talking going on when I go down there and try to get three million Jews out of Egypt. I'm not an eloquent man. I don't know how to speak. And the Lord comes back and gives the same answer for the fourth time. The Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the sing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, listen, and I will be with your mouth. I'm gonna be with your stick. I'm gonna be with your mouth. I'm gonna be, it's God's answer to every problem. God keeps coming back with the same answer. Who made your mouth? Listen, what Moses is saying is, is you didn't prepare me for this. If you wanted me to do this, why didn't you prepare me for this? Two things, listen to me. God will always divinely disable you so you'll need God. See, we want God to give us a, a more money. We want God to make us prettier. We want God to make us more powerful. We want God to fix us somehow so we don't need God. Here's what God didn't want. See, God wanted the glory when he took the children of Israel out of Egypt. He didn't want Moses to get the glory. He didn't want the children of Egypt walking through the Red Sea and Pharaoh saying, he just talked me out of three million Jews. That is the most unbelievably eloquent man. He is a silver-tongued devil. He talked me out of three million Jews. I can't believe it. It was his oratory skills. I was just dazzled. That Moses is a legend. Moses is a legend. That's not what God wanted. God wanted the children of Israel to get out through the Red Sea and for everyone to say, in spite of Moses, God delivered them. That Moses couldn't talk. He's the worst talker I've ever heard. He couldn't sell the prettiest car in the world. He just stumbled all over himself. But that stick he carried was unbelievable. God wants the glory in your life. He has divinely disabled you in some area of your life where he's called you to so you can't do it without God because he wants the glory. Every time God calls you to do something, there's going to be something missing and God makes up the void of what's missing. I'm going to be in your mouth. Have you felt overwhelmed by the challenges of life? The secret to overcoming stress and worry is living in God's presence. He'll guide you and help you overcome every negative emotion you experience. 
This series, Living in God's Presence, uses the life of Moses to show you how to possess your promised land and know God intimately. We want to get this series into your hands, and today we have an offer that will help take you deeper into your relationship with God. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the Living in God's Presence series on CD or as an audio download. And with your gift of $50 or more, you can receive the Living in God's Presence series on DVD or as a video download. Plus, receive Jimmy's life-changing book, 10 Steps Towards Christ, a practical resource that will help you overcome old habits and mindsets in order to rely on God. You don't have to live with stress and anxiety. Start your journey of intimate friendship with God today. And this is the fifth time, and this is the worst. Exodus 4.13. He said, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. And I believe he's talking about the rod. This powerful rod that God has given him. He comes to God and said, give it to somebody else. Send it by somebody else. I refuse. Four times Moses pushes back, and four times God guarantees to Moses that he'll never be alone and God will be with him, and it's not enough. I don't think it is for us a lot of times. I mean, I'm not saying that, putting anybody down. I'm saying for me sometimes, you know. I feel... Like I don't measure up, I may have fear of people, I may have fear of the future, there's uncertainty in my life. And I'm wanting God to give me an answer that solves all that, and sometimes God's only answer is, I'm gonna be there. He doesn't guarantee us that the future won't have any problems. He doesn't guarantee us there'll ever be a giant or a mountain or a problem. The only thing he guarantees us is, I'll be there. You'll never in your life be anywhere without me. And because of that, you'll always have the answers and you'll always have the power. Nothing will be impossible for you because I'm there. And Moses said, that's not good enough. Now, this is the saddest thing. And this is God's response to Moses' final pushback. He's not going. Exodus 4, 14. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. God's frustrated. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well and look. He is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Okay, listen to me. Four times God promises Moses that if he goes to Egypt, he'll be with him. And Moses says, no. And then God said, well, I'll send your brother Aaron. And Moses said, okay. Is that kind of unbelievable? The comfort that God wouldn't produce, a person produce. Because Aaron was a good speaker. And Moses thought, well, Aaron can talk. I know, I know Aaron. If we get anything down there, I've got the stick. He's got the tongue. We can get out of anything with Aaron. And Aaron was a thorn in the side to Moses. And Aaron is the one who made the golden calf. When Moses was on Mount Sinai, it was Aaron, his brother, that gave him the comfort of going. It was Aaron, his brother, that got them into the biggest trouble they got into in the wilderness. Can I tell you something? God wants to do something great in your life. And he's going to be with you. And if you want any guarantees, that's the only guarantee he's going to give you. You'll never be anywhere without God. He won't guarantee you a life without trouble. He won't guarantee you that you won't have any problems. The thing he'll guarantee you, though, is in every step you take, he'll be with you. And I say to you, the problems that happen in our life, they don't happen because God's not there. They happen because we don't believe he's not there. We don't believe he's there. 
We don't trust his presence. We don't focus on his presence. Let me say these things about the presence of God and I'm done. Number one, the presence of God is the answer to fear, worry, and anxiety. When we have, this is the answer. This is David in Psalm 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. This is the valley of the shadow of death. This is the worst place in life. I fear no evil because you're here. When you focus on the presence of God, nothing can make you afraid. Fear breeds in a godless environment. It's not God's not there, we just don't think he's there. So that's where fear breeds and anxiety. Number two, the presence of God makes people and problems take the right perspective. Because Moses was not aware of God's presence, his, his problems, the Egyptians, the Jewish people, everyone got bigger. When, when the children of Israel went to the border of the promised land after a couple of years. See, the 40 years they spent in the wilderness was not God's plan. He only wanted them to take a short journey into the promised land. But when they got to the border of the promised land, the giants were there. And they sent 12 spies into the promised land and 10 spies came out with an evil report, the Bible says. And the 10 spies came out and said, listen, the giants were there and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Is that not a ridiculous statement? See, everybody thinks I'm stupid. Well, how do you know what everybody thinks? You, can I tell you this? Most people are so focused on themselves, they're not even thinking about you. Really and truly, you know, I know that everybody just thinks I'm fat. Yeah, yeah, you know, everybody just, you don't know what everybody thinks. And they come out of the promised land saying, they just all think we're like grasshoppers. Did they interview the giants? No, they didn't talk to them. They're terrified of them. We're like grasshoppers. Joshua and Caleb came out and here's what they said. Our God is able to take us into that land and to defeat those giants. They'll be our prey because God has withdrawn their protection. See, when you see God, people become small. When you don't see God, people become real big and you become real small. The presence of God makes everything take its proper perspective. And people aren't too big, problems aren't too big, your God is big and everything else is small enough for him to take care of it. When you live in the presence of God, you see everything correctly. But when God leaves in your mind, you don't. Number three, and this is it, the presence of God is the only thing that makes everything possible. What will be possible for the rest of your life? I say this to you. It just depends on if you will partner with God and believe he's with you. Anything God has called you to do is possible if you do it with God. You don't have to be perfect. One of the things I love about God is he, he loves messed up people. And because of the blood of Jesus, we just don't have to have it all together. Isn't that good news? I would have never preached my first sermon if I had to have it all together. But I'm thankful that God uses people like us. I love him. I'm a mess, but I love him. And if I rely on him and not myself, and I believe he loves me and I trust in him, anything's possible. And I say to you, God has called you to greatness. I say to you, God has called you to go forward and to do what is impossible in the natural, but to do what is possible because of the presence of God. You know, I can relate to Moses. I think all of us can because, you know, God was coming to him and he was scarred. You know, he had fled Egypt uh, to protect his life because Pharaoh wanted to kill him. And he was now on the backside of the desert and God was calling him not just to go deliver the Jews from Egypt, but to face his fears and to face the possibility of death what he had fled from and why he was hiding. And when he was asking God, God was calling him to go. 
Um, Moses was terrified. And I, again, I think all of us can relate to that. And every time Moses pushes back at God, God's only promise is, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to be with that rod I'm putting in your hand. I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to say that to you right now. God's with you. He is with you right now. He's always been with you. He always will be with you. And the answer to every need, the answer to every problem, the answer to every mountain, every giant, everything in our life isn't money, it's not people, it's not anything other than the presence of God. And I'm not saying those things aren't important, but the answer, God's answer to every problem is, I'm gonna be with you. Hebrews 13 says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's God. And God's promise to us is, he will never abandon us. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I have no fear because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He, he's with you. And so some of you are going through some really difficult times. Some of you are facing some fears, some, some problems. And I'm saying to you, nothing is bigger than your God. And rather than putting your focus on the giants and the mountains and the pharaohs that you're facing, Put your mind and your focus on the presence of God because he'll always be there. He'll always be there. And once you understand that God is with you, what's bigger than God? Is there a problem bigger than God? Is there a need bigger than God? And the answer obviously is no. But for Moses, he struggled. He struggled. But God was with him and God delivered several million Jews from an evil Pharaoh because his presence led them out through Moses. God is with you. That's the good news today. God bless you. The secret to overcoming stress and worry is living in God's presence. He'll guide you and help you overcome every challenge. In this powerful series, Living in God's Presence, Jimmy Evans will help you discover how to know God, the authority you have over the enemy, and how to possess your promised land. There's a rock following you, and his name is Jesus and he'll be there for the rest of your life, and he'll always give you what you need. Support the overcoming life with your gift of any amount, and we'll send you the complete series, Living in God's Presence, on CD or audio download. Receive the complete series, Living in God's Presence, on DVD or video download, and Jimmy Evans' book, 10 Steps Towards Christ, for your gift of $50 or more. The 10 Steps Toward Christ book gives you practical steps to navigate your new life in Christ. The Lord will help you solve every problem, meet every need, and conquer every enemy. Receive this life-changing series today. This year, the EXO Marriage Conference is coming to a city near you. The EXO Tour is a one-of-a-kind live marriage conference bringing couples together in venues across the country. The greatest marriages come from two people who just go through it together and come out on the other side and they win. Hear Jimmy Evans and many other remarkable speakers communicate on how to have a thriving, healthy marriage. Find an EXO Tour location near you and come together with other couples as we unite to strengthen families and start something new in your marriage. Even in the midst of something that you thought, I don't know if we're going to make it through this, when you come together and you lean on God together and you refuse to give up, He can do the miraculous 
Experience why so many couples call the EXO Tour an unforgettable investment for their marriage. We believe that your family has a bright future. For more information and to register at a city near you, visit exomarriage.com tour. Thank you for watching The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Support The Overcoming Life with your best gift and receive the series Living in God's Presence. Experience the EXO Tour at a city near you. Seating is limited, so register today. Visit exomarriage.com tour. Take your church to a new level with Jimmy Evans Pastor School. This online course will create dynamic, sustainable growth within your ministry. Access the first session for free right now at pastorschool.com. This program is made possible by the generous support of our faithful partners.